Hey, this is Phil Yanov, and you're listening to a bonus episode of the Tech After Five podcast. Have you ever thought that perhaps what you'd like to do is uh, leave your corporate gig and jump into the consulting space? Well, uh, we just had Chris Lockhart, one of my friend, uh, of course, the ringleader of the Consultant Saying Things podcast and a bunch of other things. But I just had him join us for networking over coffee. And we had a conversation about his career path and what that might be like today for someone who is wanting to do the same thing. You think you might want to do it? Let me tell you, there's some things you ought to know. And the good news is I brought Chris Lockhart in to tell you about them. So let me just set this up for you a little bit. Again, this is a recording of our Networking Over Coffee, an event we're having every Tuesday. You're certainly invited to come join us for those. Uh, and you can go to uh, the website, techafter5.com, uh, and uh, sign up for those and join us for one of those events. But on some of those, we actually have a guest speaker. And this one, again, it was Chris Lockhart. And so you'll hear us make a few references to things. You don't really need to see our faces. If you want, you can go over to YouTube and do that. But um if you, uh, but I will put all of the links that we talk about to his book, to the podcast, and uh, to his LinkedIn profile in case this is a thing where you could see yourself jumping into um, the consulting space and maybe even uh, just wanting to reach out to Chris to learn a little bit more about it or maybe even go work with him. So here we go. And we just kind of join this conversation in progress. This is me, Phil Yanov, interviewing Chris. Lockhart uh, at Networking Over Coffee. Uh, everybody aboard, welcome Chris Lockhart. As I pointed out on that slide there some point time ago, he is the um, author of the People Problem book, which is normally right within my hand reach, but I've moved it somehow this morning. Well, uh, for, for everyone at home, I'm going to put the link to the Amazon page for the people problem. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Feed my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works, really. Yep. For us on Amazon, we do this. It's not new, by the way. It's been out since 2017. So, you know, but yeah. I'm always willing to sell more copies. I'll even sign yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. And I'm sorry about the barking dog. I don't, he just decided apparently once he saw you that uh, it was something he needed to talk about. I have that effect on animals and people. So, yes. Um, hey, uh, well, the reason I brought yeah. you on was not just because we're old friends, not because the just the thing of the people problem, like you said, it's been out for a while, or all those episodes of the Consultant Saying Things podcast that we've done together, which I think is, is all good. But I think that, you know, you've got sort of a unique perspective in that you're that one of those cats that went from the corporate environment to yeah. a consulting environment. And, uh, you know, I thought people might be interested in hearing what's the, what happened there? You know, what caused you to make that change? Why, why is that a good, or first off, what caused you to make the change? Tell us about that. Sure. Absolutely. Well, it all began in 1976. Um, no, it, uh, I, I went to school in Boston and I, I had a history degree and couldn't do anything with it and never really thought I was going to use my degree for like, you know, my job because I didn't really think that through. And I worked in the IT space and I was involved in some startups in Boston before the first bubble, the first internet bubble. 
Um, and you know, that, that ran its course. And, um, I met a girl, she lived here and moved down here to Greenville, South Carolina. And then it's like, you know what, better find a job. I delivered pizzas for a little while. That was, that was a pretty good gig, all cash untraceable. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting was, um, you know, there, there were some IT companies here at that time, and you may remember some of them. One of them is where I ultimately went to work, Ahold, right? Ahold owned Bilo. Um, they had their IT center for North America here. And I remember I went in to interview. Um, I don't know how they got my resume. I went in to interview, and the, the question was, do you know about this technology? And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. In fact, I remember what it was. They said, he said, what do you, tell me what you know about firewalls. And I'm like, I, that, like, you know, that prevents the flames from spreading from one building to another, right? I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, but what um, I got along with them, we got hired, worked there for three years, big IBM shop, everything IBM, you know, and when you're in that world, here's how the transition happened. When you're in that world and you become an expert in a particular set of technologies or in a particular space and how those technologies can solve business problems, um, you know, those skills are in demand. And it turned out IBM wanted those skills. And that's how I made the jump. I basically came and said, hey, you're doing this for Ahold, who's a client, um, a customer, uh, you know, why don't you quit and we'll hire you? <laughs> I right. said, done. Um, and, you know, this whole idea of not living in a cubicle and actually getting to travel around um, and help other people and see other things um, is really fascinating, right? Because you, you're in one environment, you see one thing, you see, you know, there's one set of politics, there's one set of people, there's, you know, four floors and, you know, and then you get to go to dozens and dozens of different clients and see how other businesses operate and other people uh, get along or don't get along. Really interesting. Yeah. So just, I mean, I want, I want to get to that part, but just there for you, when you said it was done, yeah. it sounded like that was quick. What, yeah. But what was the appeal for you to making the jump from corporate to, con, to being in the consulting space? Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> money. <laughs> Thank you. I really wanted to help the world by yeah, no, right, I was solving world hunger. No, I'm I'm Gen X, Phil. I only care about myself. Um, no, so I, I thought, you know, listen, I mean, you want to feel important at the things that you're doing, right? You want to feel that the thing that you're doing has an important impact. And when you're stuck in a giant corporation who's headquartered in the Netherlands, right, it's really hard to make an impact or stand out or do something. And occasionally, if you're good enough, that happens and you rise up. But I was working with guys that had worked for various parts of the Ahold Empire for like 30 years. And right. I'm like, holy shit, I don't want to die in this cubicle like these guys are going to do. Um, I'd much rather, you know, I, you know, and you're <laughs> yeah. still a number. You're still a number right. at the end of all of that, right? Um, no, I didn't no, want to no. do that. I get it. Yeah. I completely understand. And it's like, I want to dig in, but not with all these people. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, what, uh, you, that you, you, so that was intriguing, right? Making that jump was intriguing. Talk mm -hmm. to me about, you know, what the, that was a shock to your system, right? Going out of Ahold and going into Bilo, I mean, or IBM, IBM yeah. you are making changes, corporate, et cetera, your life changes. Talk about how that, you know, what's different. What did you learn? What surprised you? Yeah, well, the pace is obviously different, right? And, you know, you you are in a corporate environment. It's like, uh, I'll wait till Friday to answer that email or, you know, we'll, we'll meet on this next week. Let's circle back next week. You know, um, if you are going into, because like, IBM the consulting I was doing at that time was like technical consulting, right? Um, you know, Tivoli and Lotus Notes and WebSphere for those playing bingo at home. 
Um, <laughs> Nerd bingo. Uh, I, I was hoping to cover the Lotus Notes. You want to talk about notes? Let's, let's talk about yeah. everything domino. Um, single yeah. song. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, no, I think, you know, what was interesting about that was like you have a week or two or something to fix a problem that is technical in nature um, that you land with no pre-knowledge. Maybe you, you get you get where the company is. You may know what the company is. You land. You don't know who to talk to, right? You, you get these emails. I'm here to see so-and-so maybe. Um, and then you go in and it's like, you know, they're like, well, you know, what's the problem? It's, it's like, it's like ordering, it's having a contractor come. It's kind of what it was, right? right. Um, you know, the plumbing's broken, right? And so um, that type of consulting really opened my eyes because that pace is totally, totally different, right? It's like, I'm paying two or $300 an hour for you consultant and um, you got a week. And, you know, so there's no, you know, you know, I'm right. going home at five, right? I'm <laughs> right. like, you're there right. until it's you're fixed. on until I say what's done. Right? Correct. Right. That, that was yeah. change because yeah. you know, everyone knows this in a big corporate environment of hundreds of thousands of people, you can coast forever. You can hide in a closet and no one will even know you're there as long as you don't rock the boat. Um, you know, so the pace is totally, totally different. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so true. I have stories about that myself, about people who <laughs> managed to ghost a corporation <laughs> and still collect a paycheck. That's right. You're um, the guy with the stapler. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it comes around and reloads those. I don't know every other month. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like. Hey, so the thing is, you're in consulting now. You've made yeah. some jumps around. You went from yeah. bigger firms to boutique firms, etc. And you've learned a lot. I'm sure people would like to know that stuff. But one of the reasons we're talking today is there is demand for consultants even now. Yeah. I mean, even where Chris is working right now, you are looking for people. And I'm kind of curious. You know, I think some people might have thought the pandemic and the lockdown, shutdown, whatever, changed things. But I'm not sure. Tell me what, what's happening around. What's the landscape look like from yeah. your point of view? I'm going to answer that in one second. I, I first need to put set, set some context, right? So when, when I started consulting, it was IBM. It was technical consulting. About 2007, 2008, I, I shifted um, out of technical consulting and made the leap into management consulting and advisory consulting in which you know the, the level of tech you get to, you're no longer in the data center pounding on a keyboard. You are now right in a boardroom um, weaving a story about the tech that's in the data center that someone's pounding on the keyboard with, right? And so that's the change, that's the shift I made. Um, part of the reason was because I knew I couldn't keep up with what all these young kids were doing, you know, with like the Java and the this and the, you know, whatever the hell it is, Rails and whatever, I don't care, right? So my, my whole thing was like, I, I don't want to keep up with that. I don't want to do that. I want to be the guy in the room helping the business owner or the decision maker make the decision about what to do. I don't want to be the guy in the data center doing it, right? Right. So that's what I've been doing now for very large firms, um, big prestigious firms, smaller firms, large accounting firms, um, all sorts of firms. So where I'm at right now is uh, I work for a smallish company, mid-sized company, about 1,000, 1,200 people based out of Pittsburgh, but like all consulting, everyone's all over the place. Um, and this is a company that started out doing staffing back in the 80s. And then they partnered with another company that did like just standard advisory consulting. And you think about those two things, right? Advisory consulting. I come in, I give you a grand strategy, I drop a hundred slides and then I leave. I can't help right. you do anything, right? Right. The staffing solutions guys, they don't know, they don't know the right questions to ask because they don't do strategy. But what they do know how to do is bang on that keyboard and get that stuff done, 
right? Now you marry those two things together and now you've got, hey, I can ask the right questions and I got the people that can actually do the thing, right, uh, on the ground. So great blend. That's the, that's the environment I'm in. That's the company I'm working for. So to your point, when the pandemic hit, it definitely disrupted. Lots of, lots of clients were like panicking, shutting down spend, you know, all of these things. And that continued for a little bit. And until they realized like, well, you know, we got to keep the lights on and hey, you know, uh, you know, we have money, we, we want to spend it on making the right decisions. So that upswing happened sort of to the end, towards the end of last year. And now there is more business than can be handled. And um, I don't know where all the people are, uh, but they're not in the marketplace looking for this type of, type of work, or I can't right. see them. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that is, you know, able to operate in an ambiguous environment someone that is able to operate in an environment where there may not be the, you know, the perfect IT architecture diagram that I loved creating back in the day. Don't think those, that's not what we're really looking for, right? We're looking for the guys and gals that can come in, help a client understand a problem, run as their chief of staff, bird dog things, as an old boss of mine used to say, bird dog these things, drive them into the ground until that problem is solved. And maybe you're not the one solving the problem. Maybe someone else is solving the problem, but you got to be the one that knows and understands that problem and knows the right way to go about fixing it and what resources to apply and how much that's going to cost and all of those things. Things that a client would typically should be doing themselves, but they typically don't, which is kind of interesting, right? Right, right. Did that answer your question? No, no. Well, I think it starts. And I guess the question is, I mean, when you're looking, it's I I get all of those things of ambiguous environment, et cetera. I mean, I think that's really useful to know, right? If you're the kind of Catholic, I like someone to tell me what to do every day. Probably not the right Right. gig, right? Yeah. Um, But if you're like like a person like this says, I like to find this problem and kind of solve this thing. And I'm okay with uncertainty. That's probably more your thing. Right. Well, that, that's a big change, right? If, if you're sitting yeah. in a cubicle and, you know, you come in in the morning and you sit down, you read your email, you go to the kitchenette, you get your coffee, you come back, maybe you have a couple of meetings, right? You, people are, your schedule is set. People are telling you the things that you need to do, right? You're in charge of Lotus Notes, right? So that's your job. And so what are you going to do? You're going to probably look at some incident tickets. In other words, someone else is driving the car, Right. The thing about this type of consulting, and frankly, increasingly IT consulting is similar, but management consulting for sure, there's no one driving the car. You are are the car. Now, you've got to drive it and bring people along with you, right? I mean, that's the thing. You've got to know where to go. You have to know how to get there. You need to know the right fuel to put in the car, right? All of those things. And that's what I think makes it different. And maybe that's why it's hard to find people that fit in those roles. Yeah. Excellent. I could be. Um, yeah, no, 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 I mean, you know, you can have that conversation. So you're one of the things is you're looking to have those conversations with people who are interested in that space. And I thought that maybe, of course, you're going to stick your LinkedIn profile and yeah. stuff in there in case people want to get contact with you in the sure. in the Pete in the chat. But if you have a question for Chris, if there's something on your mind about how this world works, we probably got time for a question or two. I want to. We're also going to create a breakout room here at the end and put Chris in one of those. So you get a chance to chat with him some more, but does anybody have a question that they thought it'd be helpful to me for you to raise your hand, I guess, since I'm kind of in that spot. Ah, Thank you, Scott Wheeler. The company name, the company is CEI America. And again, if you go and you look at their website, right, it talks about staffing and like development and, you know, body shopping and all this sort of stuff. 
there's another aspect to that, which is a smaller part of that company, which is the part that I'm in that we're growing. Um, we're at about 50 people right now and uh, lots of opportunity to lead teams, to grow parts of practice. It's CEI America. Uh, if you want to know about the part of the company that I'm in, uh, for whatever reason, we have our own website with a different name. Uh, it's, they, haven't, they haven't merged the marketing yet, right? They're, they're doing that. But that is, uh, what is, what is our website, Phil? Oh, no. <laughs> I just call you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's, you know what? It's on my LinkedIn profile. So yeah. Yeah. Is it something point? No, it's point management group, but I, they have a weird sort of uh, website URL. I don't know. Yeah. Great. Um, That's how much Randy, that matters to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see where we are. Um, I'll tell you what I want to do is I think folks there we may go. have pointmg.com. Dan found it. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> All those years ferreting <laughs> out information from people. He managed to elicit that from you without yeah. you actually telling him he got that information. That's great. Um, let's see, uh, a couple questions here. How do you get the data that helps you make decisions? I'm going to say, when it says help yeah. them make, I think it's help the client. How do they, how do yeah. you get to that? I mean, it's hard, right? Um, I'll give you, I'll give you two examples. One, um, a healthcare uh, payer, Blue Cross Blue Shield type of entity in Chicago, looks right out over the bean, right down there. It's beautiful. Uh, but um, you, you, we went in there to do uh, infrastructure and an application rationalization, cut some costs so they can reinvest it somewhere else. Um, so there's a lot of analytics that go into that, right? How much, are, how much are these instances of whatever being used? How much does this application cost? You have a contract with IBM that's five years. Can we get out of it? All of that stuff, lots of data. They dumped untold amounts of data on us, right? Because we said, here, here are the 30 things that we would need. And they gave us so much crap before we even started. We spent a week zero just organizing all of that, you know, 10, 10 people on the team organizing that data so that we could make sense of it. Uh, that came in Excel, that came in Word, that came straight out of databases, et cetera. Contrast that with the company I'm working with right now. They own, um, they own a, a set of jewelry companies around the world. Um, getting data from these guys, they don't even know where the data is. It's like pulling teeth. Can I get an org chart? No, they don't have that. Well, holy cow. Um, who do you report to? Let's, let's draw one, right? And so in that, in that sense, you actually, in some cases, have to create the data, right? Based right. On, on all of this understanding. And, and so that's why that ambiguity, a lot of clients, you go in and you say, I need this, this, and this. They're like, well, we don't have that. Well, you can't stop because they're paying you a lot of money. So what are you going to do? You got to create that data for them. It's a, a little bit of value add and it helps you do the job. So, yeah, excellent. Thank you for that. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, folks. I know we got a couple more questions. I'm going to give you the chance to kind of get your questions as what it's going to be kind of, I'm just, so what I've done is I've created three rooms. Wine cellar with Chris is the Ooh, first room, the kitchen room. and the game room. I'm just going to put you in, I'm just going to give you the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Tech After Five podcast. And I hope that you will join us at one of our upcoming networking over coffee events. We'd love to have you. All you need to do is go to the website techafterfive.com. By the way, I got something new coming for that really soon. I'm going to be excited to tell you about it, but it's not quite ready yet. So watch this space. But, um, Go to techafterfive.com, sign up for networking over coffee, and uh, come join us. Come networking. It has been called, even when we're in the virtual, the gold standard of networking. And we would love to have you come join us. Hey, follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow Tech After Five on Twitter, and we will see you soon. Thanks.